This is Josie Brown with Author Provocateur. Today I'm talking to Deborah Koontz, the New York Times bestselling author of the Lucky O'Toole Las Vegas Mysteries. The 10th novel of the series, Lucky Cessois, Koontz's heroine, Lucky, a fixer at the mythical and very posh Las Vegas Strip Hotel, The Babylon, puts her business life on hold in order to meet the parents of her fiancé, a noted French chef. There in Paris, she stumbles into a murder mystery that might destroy the family's reputation in the high-stakes industry of top-flight French wines. Deborah, I love that Lucky's new adventure starts in the city of love. And it's, I know, your favorite city as well, Paris. Absolutely. And since Lucky's fiancé, Jean-Charles, is there and whereabouts, you know, it makes it even more special. Um, but besides the caper, you know, which deals with another favorite topic of yours, great wines, um, I think Lucky is also facing a personal dilemma. She's intimidated by her future mother-in-law, you know, who is a suave Parisienne. Um, I, I think it's a great setup for Lucky. How did how did that come to you? Well, I just, I, I wrote a book, I guess it's about three books ago now, called Lucky the Hard Way. And I took Lucky to Macau, which was really a business-oriented trip, but it allowed me to present Lucky in a different city, which presents her in a different light when she's out of her element. And she doesn't have all of her friends. Of course, they showed up in Lucky the Hard Way to help um, in the end. But I liked I, it. Was, it was like my most well-reviewed book. Wow. People really liked that and not by a great deal, but people really responded to Lucky being in a different place and getting to see, I mean, who goes to Macau? Not a lot of people. And I had not been. And so I had to go in order to write the book and it was not at all as I thought it to be. So I sort of learned a little bit of a lesson in that I really enjoyed uh, making Lucky uncomfortable in a different situation. And my readers liked seeing other places other than Vegas. I mean, they do like Vegas and Vegas is still, you know, big with them, but they also enjoy the one-offs where I'll take Lucky somewhere else and present something different. And with Jean-Charles, I had it, you know, it all set up. He's from France. His parents live in Paris and eventually Lucky's going to have to go meet the future in-laws. You know, we, we sort of do if we're going to uh, hook our horse team to somebody else's wagon. And right. so I thought, how fun, you know, take her to Paris and see what happens. Lucky Cessoirs, what happened? I love the way you have a French title for this book. And for, yeah, for, I'm not sure it's a really great idea, but we'll <laughs> <see>. <laughs> and for, people look at that and go, what? <laughs> you know? For, for those so we'll who see. do not speak French, Cessoir stands for Tonight, lucky tonight. <laughs> love, love the so double I didn't entendre. Really want to put that in English, you know. I just didn't. I had trouble with my first lucky book, where the title was "Want to Get Lucky." Just try sending out emails with that as the subject line, and the emails go to people you don't know. Right. <laughs> I want to get lucky. You know, so, yeah, get lucky. <laughs> you know, you want to talk about getting some really interesting responses from people. And so I learned, I learned that lesson the hard way, as I do with most lessons I learn. It's always the hard way. And, <laughs> Which was another uh, book of yours, Lucky the Hard I, Way. I know. So I just decided not to um, put Lucky Tonight 
in um, as the title uh, because I could see putting it as uh, you know, in the subject matter line on an email that goes out to people that I don't know, people, my readers that I don't know personally, and you know, and that would have gotten a little awkward. So <laughs> I, I decided not to do that. The um, for good or for ill, we'll see what happens. <laughs> the um, the plot itself, obviously, there's family drama. We know that, but you also have a wonderful mystery caper that deals with expensive wines and the theft of expensive wines. How did you come up with that as your, as your caper? Well, really curiously enough, and I, I hate to admit this, but people always ask me, where do ideas come from? I read about a caper exactly like the one that I put in the book. It was somebody dug down, realized where a wine cellar was, and that one of the underground tunnels, and there's a ton under Paris from the catacombs to everything else um, under Paris, and they figured out that one of the tunnels went right up next to this wine cellar where there was all of this incredible wine, very expensive, you know, collectible wine, and they actually went down into that tunnel, which is illegal, but hey, if you're going to steal wine, you don't care. And they dug through the wall and stole the wine. Wow. So I thought, okay, that sounds like a lucky story. Totally. I just let it germinate for a little while and let it sort of settle and figure out how I could use that as an impetus, you know, for lucky to get into trouble in Paris. And I did. And well, so it was so much fun. It really was so much fun to write this book. So it just, I mean, Paris was, was bad. Metaphorically speaking then, you let your plots, you let time take your plots like a fine wine. You know, you let them breathe. I, I, yeah, I do. I do. I mean, they have to sort of just sort of live in my subconsciousness. You know, there's this interesting theory. I, I don't even think it's a theory anymore. I think it's proven um, construct about creativity. We work in our, in our conscious brains and we're sitting at the computer and we're trying to come up with a story and we're trying to make it funny and we're trying to have it all hang together. And we're doing all this stuff and then we run up against the wall and we sit there and we stew on it and we stew on it and we stew on it and we just never get anywhere. But when does the answer to that come to you? When you're in the shower, when you're playing golf, when you're doing something that takes your conscious brain away from that problem and your subconscious brain goes, oh, idiot, here's the answer. And all of a sudden you're going, aha. I mean, it used to happen to me so often in the shower that I had a big glass, you know, part of my shower. And I would keep a, a bar of soap in there specifically just to write on the glass. So when an idea came to me, I could write it down without getting out of the shower. <laughs> and, um, and it would still presumably be there um, <laughs> when I was done with my business in the shower. <laughs> And that's really true. My son called me once. He, he's in advertising and he was stewing on a problem. He's like, Mom, I just don't know how to solve this problem. Do you have any ideas? I said, yeah, go play golf. And he goes, what? I said, go play golf. And I said, when you come back from golf, you'll have the answer. Whoa. And curiously enough, my son doesn't always do, you know, what I tell him to do. Go figure. But um, he did. And it worked. Huh. You know, he was out on the golf course doing something else. His brain was off, you know, chasing a little white ball and, um, and his subconscious delivered what he'd been asking his brain for. Right. 
And so, yes, to answer your question, I need to sort of put everything on the back burner, all of my ideas and whatever, and and they end up falling into interesting places and the story starts to burble to the top. Um, and then, then I've got it, you know, and not necessarily all of it, but I've definitely got the foundation um, that sets all of the action in motion. Right, right. The other thing that I thought was uh, great that you did in this book, you put Lucky face-to-face with not only uh, Jean-Carl, um, but also her, her old love, Teddy. And you've got a... Teddy has to show up. <laughs> <laughs> and also, you know, you have her... Uh, with Sinjin, you have a, a, an interesting new possibility there. Um, and this is a massive turmoil for her. All three of them play an integral part in the plot, and yet all right. three of them, you know, hold a piece of her heart. Right. And well, not Sinjin so much, but, you know, she met him in Macau, and that's where he came from. And um, he... He was just a character in in that that story that I really didn't think, and this is how the subconscious works. I really w- didn't have any future use for him. He was great in Lucky the Hard Way in Macau, and he was the perfect foil in that setting. And he's a he's a combination. He's a Caucasian and Asian um, gentleman who's very handsome and works in high finance, but he also is is a pirate by night and he's a robin hood is what he is there's some interesting political dynamic that goes on in macau and and that's what he's battling and so he's a pirate he's a robin hood for the side of good which robin hood always was supposed to be for the side of at least the common man he was never a bad character like a bad person like an antagonist um but he would always operate you know on the other side of the law if necessary to me i really like that because that's part of Lucky's personality that she fights and she's willing to do difficult things and perhaps things that aren't entirely by the book if she needs to for the right result to happen. Right. And so I thought that it would be fun to play them against each other and just see what happens. And because I had no idea. I mean, when I wrote this book, you know, people were writing me, well, is Lucky going to get a French wedding in this book? Is she going to get back with Teddy? Is, you know, some other character from her past going to show up? And, you know, when I started out, I didn't know. I She hadn't told me, you know, what was going to happen. And as I got more and more into the book, I realized what had to happen. We're not going to do any spoiler alerts because a lot of people will read it and wonder, you know, who gets Lucky's heart or what does she decide to do? Well, two of the men tug at her heartstrings. One of them is essentially a rogue, and that appeals to her nature. And I, 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 I think that she respects his, you know, his, his pirate heart, shall we say. I know. And it sounds, it sounds sort of funny when we're talking about it, but it actually makes it makes absolute sense in the book. When you when you get to the end of the book and you see what everybody has done and how it all goes, what Lucky does to him and how it all works, I just had so much fun with it. It just was so obvious when I got to the end how all this needed to play out. And, uh, and I had, you know, it. this was, 
you know how some books are easy to write? Yes. And they just flow. And you're like, why can't this be every book? <laughs> yes. Well, this, <laughs> you know, and this was that book. Oh, that's so great. Like every time I sat down with it, it was like, sometimes I had no idea what was going to happen today. And I sat down with it and just edited yesterday's words and we were off and running, Perfect. you know, and I just was like, oh my God, this is crazy. And it was so much fun. So I just went with it. The, what um, can I say? Well, you, you, you're delivering another wonderful lucky book. And, um, but I presume you are, you're already thinking about what you're going to be doing for the next book. If, if not lucky. Well, I know what the next lucky book is Uh and it'll be back in Vegas. Um, and I know loosely what it is. And so I'm not going to talk about it now because, uh, you want to let it ferment. You want to let it, you yeah, know, breathe. Gotta a while. <laughs> and I got to see if I want to go live in the world that I have sort of postulated that I'm going to set it in. Right. And I think I do. Right. Um, but I love fast cars and I love expensive cars. You know, there's a lot of interesting things when money and passion come together. And so that's a world where they do. Right. So it could be fun. And I have no idea what's going to happen, but I'll figure that out. But in the interim, this summer, I am going to launch (laughs) a new series. (laughs) It is set in Dallas, where I grew up. So I can write with a little bit of authority about the silliness in Dallas. And the premise is, and I actually set it up two books ago in Lucky and Lucky Score. There's a young woman who shows up to help Lucky untangle all the problems. She's from Texas, and she mentions that she's getting a divorce, and she works for uh, one of the football teams, the football team that actually is in San Antonio, and if you follow football, which I know you don't. um, (laughs) You know know me so well. (laughs) I do. Um, There is no football team in San Antonio. Oh, it was a trick question. (laughs) Shame on you, Deborah Coates. So anyway, and all the chaos that that happens in in Lucky Score, but I set up this character. And so now we get to go dive into her world and her life. And what really happens is that she um, was getting a divorce. Nobody had filed papers yet. Her husband hadn't. It wasn't her idea. It was his. And he ends up dead. She ends up on the eve of, you know, filing papers and all of that. And and she ends up as his sole heir and the prime suspect in his murder. And to complicate that, he owns the premier NFL franchise in and that's in Dallas. And it's not the Cowboys, but you know, it's it's an NFL franchise in, it's in Dallas. It's the Plowboys. <laughs> it's the I think I called them the Renegades. I can't remember. But um, that too will change, but, you know, just for now, that's a name holder. And, um, she ends up inheriting the majority interest in this NFL team and the owners in the NFL don't like it so much. And they give her 90 days to prove that she has the medal to run an NFL team effectively, or they are going to push her out Ooh, and get I, somebody else I to lo- buy the team. I love that. The title of it is 90 Days to Score. Ooh. She has to get out from out from under suspicion for the murder of her husband. And then she has to figure out how the heck do you run, you know, an NFL football team. She's in finance. That was her background. So and she manages wealthy clients' portfolios. 
So anyway, it's a lark and it'll be a lot of fun. And I'll get to play with some of the silliness in Dallas, which can be one of the most pretentious places. You know, I can play with some of that as a former Dallasite. You know, I just thought it would be fun. It's going to be in a similar style to Lucky. It's going to be, I love to write strong women and put them into situations that they don't really know how to handle and see how, you know, it all shakes out. That's sort of the premise of this book. But for the Lucky readers, I had a character in Lucky, a male character that everybody loved. And I, I quite frankly, just didn't find him all that intriguing. Well, because he was Texan. <laughs> and, you know, I was just sort of used to the whole cowboy shtick. And it wasn't all that, you know, intriguing for me. But his name was Dane. And I have quite often people will email me and be campaigning to bring him back. Huh. Well, I found the perfect place for him in this book. He, <laughs> Lucky is going to send him to help solve the murder side of this and to be a romantic foil and all of that. So he gets to return and people can catch up with him and see what he's been doing in the interim and what he's learned and, and then, you know, go forward with him in this book. So I love it. You've you know, got, there's, uh, there's a little bit of tie in lucky and, and the former character. So I think it'll be fun. It's I'm just getting into it. It's it's going to be a hoot. I just got to put my funny pants on and, and let it go. You know? <laughs> and I've been around you when you had your funny pants on. So <laughs> <laughs> I know it's embarrassing. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you know, but your readers are going to be in for quite a treat. <laughs> well, you know, I just I love to laugh. And I think, you know, the world's on fire, please. You know, let's, let's inject some, you know, some levity and, and all of that into it and, and get a little bit more perspective on, on all of this, or at least just take a deep breath and have some fun for a little while. Have some fun. And I, I just think laughter is, you know, overlooked as, as a de-stressor and, uh, you know, something to bring people together and enjoy, you know, a good chuckle or a good belly laugh over something is, is you know, that's my goal. You can order Deborah Kuntz's mystery novel, Lucky Sissois, at your favorite bookstore today. This is Josie Brown with Author Provocateur. 